new music industry podcast, and I'm David Andrew Let's dig in. Today I'm chatting with CD Baby's Director of Marketing, Kevin Bruner. How are you today, Kevin? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for joining me on the show today. We had the opportunity to chat on another podcast I had about six years ago, so it's great to be chatting, catching up with you again. What is the DIY Musician Conference? Well, it's a, a conference for artists. It's uh, something that uh, we've been doing for four years. Basically, we were looking at the landscape of conferences out there and and thought we want to do something that is actually geared towards artists and artists that are trying to own and manage their own career. And we want to do something to help them move their career forward. So our conference is geared solely on the independent artist. And you, it's not there to speak to business people. It's there to speak to artists and giving them the tools and the training and the information they need to help move their career forward. And so that's what we do at our conference. It's a great time. Uh, lots of really cool uh, topics and some cutting edge marketing stuff happening this year. And then, you know, there's some hangouts, there's some performances, there's, you know, a jam room, uh, some parties. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it does sound like a lot of fun. And I think you're right. There is a great need for education among independent artists. Not that there aren't many different paths you can take to get to whatever goals that you have. But I think artists, many of them are under the impression that either they don't have to market or they have to do a lot of marketing but not work on their craft. So you can end up being pretty lopsided on, on either side of that, I find. Yeah, yeah. And it's definitely a challenge for artists these days. Uh, trying to figure out how to have a balanced career and as far as how they use their time. If you're never writing and recording, then you're not going to be an artist. Um, but uh, if you uh, are expecting that some A&R guy is going to come knocking on your door and make your career for you, then uh, you're not living in reality either. So uh, at our conference, I think even just with the content, there's a good balance of that. There's some songwriting content. There's some uh, several uh, live performance sessions that are always uh, a, a conference favorite. And then there's a lot on the, the business side and how to manage things from email, some how to build lists and do marketing and, and how to pitch your music to, uh, you know, industry professionals who need music. Uh, so all that stuff is, is a part of it. And I think it represents more of a well-balanced experience and and then there's also a lot of just hanging out with other artists and learning from each other that's always a favorite as well yeah what's interesting today is that it's probably easier than ever to build some notoriety and it's also harder than ever and and for some of the same reasons right because there's social networks well social networks allow us to share our message and get our music out there but the problem is it's also a major distraction and you can end up on 30 social media sites and not have it completely be sustainable so you have to be pretty focused on what you're doing to, to get anywhere yeah and you know, speaking to that, I mean, I always tell artists that, you know, if you aren't good at a certain social network, then don't waste your time on it because you're not going to make any fans being, uh, a, you know, a terrible Twitter user or a terrible Instagrammer. So, I mean, it's, I think, you know, it's a matter of focusing on where it's a natural extension of you being able to tell your story and where your fans are at too is important because 
you know, with each new platform that emerges, there's some uh, people that never adopt them. So if your fan's older, your average fan is an older person, they probably not on Snapchat. And so you don't have to worry about Snapchat. Or if they're younger, maybe you do need to worry about things like that. But it's really just their messaging platforms. You think about messaging people, where are my fans? This is a way to message to them. I totally agree with that. It's good to determine your focus in those two ways. One, by deciding what you're good at and you enjoy, and two, by figuring out where your fans are. Let's get a little deeper into why should people attend the DIY Musician Conference? Oh, well, one, you should attend because it's going to be an amazing weekend of being away from everything else and focusing on your, your craft, your business for... Uh, three solid days and being around other people that are doing the same. It's very inspiring. It's, it's that extra uh, boost that you need of inspiration and just new knowledge that keeps you running throughout the year and feel like, and you know, helps you feel like you're actually making real progress with your music. I think, uh, you know, that's one thing with the sessions. It's like, Oh, there's all these things that I've just learned that I want to go put in place. And as I mentioned, we really try to make it, actionable advice so artists can go and put things into practice and see positive change in their career so anywhere from you know managing how you communicate to your fans better through email or if it's you know we do this live band makeover and it's like totally changing how they do their show and how much of an impact it can have and those are all real things that you can just go and make changes on and see positive movement with your music. Then there's just the time of being with other artists and having a great time. Like the jam room is always packed with people just going nuts, playing music together. And, and uh, you know, it's one of the, the things that, one of the things that I didn't expect to be such a highlight was just people coming together and being with other artists and hanging out. We've had people start Facebook groups after the conference. We've had people do tours together after the conference. Uh, just because they've met people and really connected with them and then uh, built this uh, relationship that helps in turn helps each other's career. So it's really, if you're serious about your music career and making something happen, this is the conference for you. And and it's we one of the missions of the conference is to keep it as affordable as possible. Uh, you know, we're well past the early bird time period, but, you know, the early bird ticket was 69 bucks. Now, if you buy your ticket before August 17th, uh, the the ticket is $129. You can still get tickets at the door, but they will be $159. But that's compared to other conferences that cost, you know, at the door it'll cost you a thousand bucks. So we try to keep the cost affordable for independent artists and deliver uh, just an enormous amount of quality content that will help them uh, go make things happen with their music. Yeah, I was just at like a three and a quarter day seminar myself, and that was about 700 bucks. So <laughs> that should uh, serve as a little bit of a reference point there for some people. But And you hinted at this already, but what are some things musicians typically walk away with after attending the conference? Uh, well, I mentioned the live band makeover. That's always a highlight. I think one of the biggest areas that artists are just not cutting it is with their live show. Uh, and as Tom Jackson, who does a live band makeover, uh, you know, by, by live band makeover, there's a band live on stage 
and he has them play and then he works with them to drastically uh, change their performance in a positive way. But as he would say, his most artists, you know, they go take lessons on how to play and, and how to write songs and they'll spend tons of time honing the craft, practicing. And then when they walk up, walk up on stage, they just expect magic to happen. And I can't uh, have anything prepared or have rehearsed or done anything because it just needs to be magic. And, and what it really is, is a bad show. Um, and so he kind of walks through some of the concepts and then demonstrates it with this live band. And it's really eye-opening. And people are always energized by that because a lot of people are playing gigs and just feeling like nobody cares. And probably the reason is because the show stinks. And there's an enormous amount of things you can do to actually engage people. And we just, as artists, haven't been taught how to put on an engaging show. So he does one with the live band and then he does another session with just a singer-songwriter. And that is always a, a highlight that lots of people walk away energized with. Um, I think this year there's going to be a lot of interesting new marketing techniques that are going to be discussed that people are going to be excited about. Rick Barker is doing uh, Facebook ads on a dollar a day. Uh, and I think that session is going to be well received. And then uh, myself and Chris here at CD Baby, he and I are going to be doing one about uh, using our marketing platform show.co in order to grow your audience and Spotify followers and, you know, stuff like that. So there's going to be uh, a good mix. There's Bob Boylan from NPR is going to be back again, and there's going to be uh, a song pitching session. And then uh, YouTube's going to be there doing stuff. Spotify is going to be there doing some workshops, and so is Pandora. So it's also an opportunity to talk to some of the people at these uh, music service providers and um, talk to them in the person. Yeah, and I think live music production is kind of a big deal. I remember listening to a couple of interviews you did with Tom Jackson, as well as I had Kevin Pauls on my last podcast as well, talking about live music production. And I never been through a full coaching session myself, but just applying a few of the things they talked about in those interviews, I did see a drastic difference with my live performance. So it is a great opportunity, I think. Yeah, it is. It's it's worth worth paying attention to and really diving into. Now, what are some of the most common questions musicians come to you with at the conference? Oh, I don't know. Let's see. That I mean, that probably depends on who you're talking to. I mean, the thing that's interesting about the conference is that it is uh, a wide array of independent artists. Uh, so many different genres, so many different ages, so many different... Uh, people coming from different parts around the world. So there's a lot of different things will be on people's mind. I'm sure, you know, things like Spotify playlists will be a question that a lot of people are asking about this year. That's something that um, really, you know, kind of took, uh, took uh, or people gained a lot of knowledge of the power of those playlists this year. And so I think a lot of people have been, very interested in learning more about how to get their music on playlists this past year. We've been talking about it at the conference since the beginning, but this, I think, is uh, going to be a year where a lot of people have finally adopted streaming and are really yeah. trying to think more strategically around streaming and less around um, downloads or CDs and, and whatnot. So I know that'll be a big question. Um, you know, the, 
The one thing that it seems that was kind of a surprise when we started doing these conferences is that artists have shown that they're very uh, hungry for networking with other artists. And, mm. um, and so that's been a cool uh, kind of experiential thing that happens. There's this strong community feel that I wouldn't have expected, um, but it's very much something that uh, happens at the conference. And, and so that's been a really cool thing too. Hmm. I'm curious, is there anything musicians put too much focus on as they, you know, not that there's any wrong questions, but are there certain questions you get a lot that you're kind of going like, it's not something to focus too heavily on? Uh, we still get the occasional question like, how do I get a label or things like that? Um, I think, you know, the one thing is that I think a lot of, a lot of artists tend to be their own worst enemy and get in their way of themselves a lot of times. And mm -hmm. whether it's, uh, being a little too, uh, uh, you know, uninterested in really diving in, like I can't, I'm an artist, I can't do business stuff. Or if it's, they, they learn some information and they just, um, they learn enough to be dangerous with it and, uh, then, you know, kind of lose focus or, or, you know, get down a path before they know everything they need to know about a certain subject matter. But anyway, I think, uh, you know, the questions are all over the map. So it's like, I think, you know, people still feeling like, uh, the, there's uh, some label or some person that's going to come and, and really just pluck them out and build the career for them. And how do they find that person? And that person just doesn't exist. So, uh, that, that com, uh, question happens a few times. Uh, I think this year it'll be interesting to see what happens around the, the topic of streaming because in years past there would be lots of questions like, when's streaming going to die and downloads come back? And, you know, uh, you know, that wasn't the majority of people, but enough where you're like, dude, that's never coming back. It's not. Um, this is the world. It doesn't matter what you experienced in the past. They're like, we get a lot of the, it was so much better in the sixties or in the seventies. I'm like, really? If it was the seventies, none of us would be here trying to pursue music because it wouldn't be possible. So we, we run into things like that, but by and large, people are just hungry. They're excited. They're optimistic about what they can do and they're there to learn and meet other artists and just be excited and inspired to get their career moving and on the flip side of that what are some questions you wish musicians would ask more uh let me think what would they i think what what i wish artists would focus on more is um like the the having more of a plan of like here's the short-term actionable things i'm doing and here's my like one-year goal what i'd like to be doing and here's my ultimate career goal because everyone has this ultimate career goal that they want to be famous and make a full-time living making music. But that's not very actionable because it's not something that you just go, oh, I just need to go find the fame button and the, the full-time musician button and I'll be set. So it's a, a lot of the artists that we see having success. It's like they're doing these little baby steps every day that get them closer and closer to a, a more tangible goal, a goal that they can actually get to, whether it's X number of streams or if it's 
number of playlist placements or if it's getting a gig at that uh, more premier club in the city or, um, you know, uh, seeing better, building up a, a fan email list, things that, you know, you can name a goal and then actually put some things in place in order to achieve that goal. And then as you keep achieving those goals, what happens is that bigger goal of building a career and a full-time career starts to take shape, but it's all these little things. And so oftentimes artists are too busy shooting for the, the bigger career goal in a just scattershot way, and they're just not making any progress. And that's largely because they don't have any real tangible things that they're shooting for. They're just shooting for the stars. And uh, so I think most of the conversations are the, the things that I wish people would focus on are those type of things and um, and just look at their situation and what their particular goal is and ask, how do I get to that next step? This is my goal. What are some things I should do to make it to that goal? Because um, a lot of the times, like questions you may hear where you roll your eyes or whatever, it's somebody that's, you know, so... Uh, not connected to reality as far as like what they think their ultimate end goal is and, and where they are and, and why aren't they at that? Why aren't they sharing the stage with Taylor Swift when, you know, uh, they're just confused by it. And and it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you got to have some goals. You have to have um, some tangible things that you're doing to move your career forward, things that you're doing to improve your craft, and, you know, the question I don't like that when people ask me, one that I don't like, which doesn't happen much at our conference, is like, will you listen to my music and tell me what you think? One, if you play music that I don't like in general, like as a genre that I just don't listen to, uh, my opinion's worthless anyway, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't mean you don't have talent. Um, that just means that I'm not the person to give you real good feedback. Two, I, when someone asks me that, I'm like, what are you wanting me to say? that this is awesome? Are you wanting just some encouragement? Are you wanting some real critical feedback of like, uh, this is where I think you can improve your songs or your recordings, or are you just wanting to see if I like it or if I can use it? So I think a lot of times uh, artists will ask somebody to listen to music and uh, it's unclear why. Like I, 90, not all, all the people in the world are going to be your fans. In fact, you know, it's probably if you've got 20% of the people that hear your music that actually think, oh, this is good, I like it, that you're probably winning uh, at 20%. It's probably more like 3 or 4%, you know, that are probably going to be prone to like your music based on just a random sample of walking up to someone saying, hey, will you listen to my music? So that's one thing I think at conferences, I think people tend to ask that, that it just isn't helpful. I mean, I don't, it's like, if I say I like it, what does that mean to that person? Are they just looking for some inspiration? Like, yes, okay, I'm on the right path. Um, and sometimes it's hard for someone to provide that honest feedback. Knowing an artist just spent a lot of money making a record, and there's nothing they can do about it except for go make another one that might be better. Um, so, yeah, that, that's one thing. Think about questions you, that uh, people ask that you don't like. That's one of them. 
Yeah, I relate to that a lot because I do get sent unsolicited press releases and review requests. And I'm not saying I don't review music, but it's so rare and I don't do it all the time. And if I have no frame of reference for your music, if I don't understand the genre or your influences, how can I talk about your music in a way that's intelligent that would even come across to your fans uh, as being yeah, worthwhile, exactly. a worthwhile read? So, yeah. I totally know where you're coming from on that. Always good to uh, research the person you're contacting, I find. I'm interested in a little bit of the business side of the conference. So I'm wondering, is the DIY Musician Conference profitable? And you don't need to reveal any numbers, but sometimes companies launch products or programs as loss leaders, so they make money on the back end rather than the front end. So I'm curious to know how you approach the conference. It's definitely not profitable. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, For us, you know, this is something that we uh, wanted to do for the artist community. And like I said, one of our missions was to keep it affordable and accessible. And so, yeah, we don't make money off of this. Our goal is to try and break even. And um, some years we have, some years we haven't. So it's not intended to be profitable, but it's really a chance for the artist community to get together. And for us, you know, we, we know that uh, you know, we're a distribution company and we rely on artists using our services um, to, for us to be in business. But uh, we also very much enjoy that relationship with the artist and feel that uh, one of the reasons why artists should use CD Baby is because we are real people. A lot of us are musicians out there playing ourselves and recording and releasing music and that we're real people that are here to help you with this, you know, career that can sometimes seem very daunting. And the uh, conference is really a physical embodiment of that. You can, we're there, you can hang out with us, you can get help with your account, one-on-one help, you can, you know, just learn more about the business in general. And, it, you know, that's just what we want to provide, a, a place where artists can feel like they're growing, where they have access to us. And yeah, so... It's not something that is a, a money maker for us at all. Got it. Yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of people appreciate the fact that you put it on, despite it being not a money maker for you. And like you said, you're a distributor. That's the main thing you do, and so that's obviously where where the revenue comes in. And it's important that you have revenue, or else you couldn't do a thing like a conference. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. How much time and effort does it take to put on a conference like yours? Well, we start working on it uh, in the fall. So um, the conference this year, 2018, is going to be August 24th through 26th in Nashville at the Omni Hotel. And we started working on this this version of the conference probably in October of 2017. And, you know, it's not... A full-time gig in October and it's not really ever a full-time gig for anybody on my team that's really putting it on but because uh, we're you know my team is responsible for a lot of other things but we start working on it in in the fall and and sometimes it's busy other times it's not but it's a lot of planning this year you know we're doing it at the same location we did last year so that makes it a little easier um, in 2019 we're going to a different location so we've already secured that and had to do some research and planning for that. And that will make it, uh, uh, you know, so again, it goes through phases throughout the year, um, of really locking it in, but 
it's not done until we leave Nashville when it's all over. And even then it's still not done because we have some follow-up with attendees to try and hear, uh, you know, what they thought was, uh, the good things and the things that they wish would uh, change. And so, uh, it's, uh, almost a year round thing now at this point. Do you have any tips or advice for those who are thinking about starting their own conference? Uh, don't, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I was starting your own conference. Um, I would say start small. Uh, the thing is, you know, we're an internet company and when we do stuff on the web, the web is infinitely scalable. So if I need more traffic or more traffic can always hit the page. Or if I need to build out a few more pages, that's easy. But when you're making a conference, you know, the difference between having 200 to 300 people and having a thousand people is gigantic. Um, and the walls of the building don't just move in order to accommodate pe- more people. You have to find different locations. And uh, the bigger it gets, the harder it is to find locations that accommodate. So starting small is my recommendation. If you have something where it's like two to 300 people, it's a piece of cake. And uh, you can find a lot of options as far as space mm-hmm. and places to do it. But when you start getting around, you know, the six, 700, 800, over a thousand mark, you start really limiting your options of places where you can go on an affordable level. If you've got a gigantic budget of people are paying $2,000 to come to this conference, which there's a lot of business conferences where that's what they pay. Uh, then your, your whole, uh, uh, margins are different, but, uh, if you're trying to run it affordable for artists, it's very limiting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's what the market can bear, right? As an independent artist. Yeah, independent artists do pay for whatever is absolutely necessary in their career, such as printing CDs or distribution or anything else they see as being absolutely essential to their career. But there's probably still a logical limit to how much they'll pay to go to a conference, especially if there's travel involved. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's it it's a commitment, you know. It's a financial commitment, and you know, we're, so we we try to do what we can to keep it affordable, um, and it plays into uh, everything with the event planning. Especially, you know, CD Baby's based in Portland, Oregon. It would be uh, we could pull it off cheaper here, but the reason we don't is because we're so remote that. Um, the majority of people would have to buy plane tickets, couldn't drive. Uh, even, you know, Seattle's really the only drivable city. Uh, San Francisco is, but it's like 12 hours. But uh, so it's like that's part of the decision-making of where we put it, that it's got to be someplace where a lot of people can drive to to keep their costs down. Got it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And one thing I will say, you know, I've been a part of a couple of business communities online, mostly to learn about business. But, you know, I appreciate those that do have some kind of conference or an opportunity to get together, such as meetup groups. I think that just deepens the relationship with the people who are putting together the whole thing. And also you end up getting more out of it because you commit more of yourself and more of your budget to the whole process. So I think for anybody that's scared of putting some money forward, I'm going to challenge you and say, maybe it's time. Yeah. I think, you know, if you're somebody who's really wanting to be serious about your career, if you're somebody that's, uh, feels like they're in a rut or just want to take things to a new level, it doesn't matter if you're starting out or you've been doing this for a long time, 
We have artists at all levels that come to the conference. When you actually make that investment, it uh, it actually uh, you know, assuming you know you got to make that money worth something, it, it makes it. Uh, uh, I think the experience even better because you're like I'm in, and when you make that decision to be in, it's like it changes something. It's like. Mm-hmm. Just hearing something and kind of going, oh, I'll get around to it. It's like, no, I got to make this happen. I'm in. I've made an investment. I want to get my return on my money. Uh, so I'm going to go and I'm going to uh, take tons of notes, learn, learn as much as I can, meet as many artists as I can, um, and just come home with a, a major outpouring of inspiration and ideas and ways to get things going. And uh, so I think it's worthwhile and um I'll be hanging out there all weekend, of course, and would be happy to meet anybody who uh, who hears this and decides to come. Awesome. Well, Kevin, I know there's so much more we could talk about. I know you have your own music. I know that you've been in business or you've been with CD Baby for a long time now. So there's a lot we could cover on the business side too. But for today, I just want to thank you for your time and your generosity. Maybe we can catch up again in the future. But is there anything else I should have asked? Uh, I, you know, I think uh, right now is the best time ever in the history of music business to get your music out there. Um, it's a lot of great things happening. So many artists seeing success that wouldn't have in years past. And so, yeah, it just uh, if you don't make it to the conference, check us out at cdbaby.com. That's where uh, you can distribute your music worldwide. And right now we have a, a, a 20th anniversary special going on, uh, discounted distribution, because uh, CD baby has been around for 20 years. And so we've been celebrating, uh, that all year and we'll have a big party at the conference celebrating it as well. Um, but yeah, that head over to cdbaby.com, check it out. If you're interested in the conference, go to diymusiciancon.com and you'll find all the information there. Online ticket sales end August 17th. And then after that, you have to buy it at the door. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time, Kevin. Yep. No problem. Thanks for listening. Make sure to go to musicentrepreneurhq.com for show notes and other goodies. And leave us a review in iTunes to help us spread the word. 